You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell discusses the topic of critical thinking with a focus on the election. He asks his radio audience, is critical thinking extinct? If so, why aren't we focused on what's most important? Also, are you voting based on what you know or what you've been told? He covers five ways we critically think. Let's join the conversation. So tonight, I want to dive into the topic of critical thinking. Critical thinking. And I want to discuss this as it relates to the upcoming election. And I want to talk about critical thinking in the context of what is happening in the black community, what is happening in our community holistically, what is happening in the United States, and and also what's happening around the globe. And I also want to explore critical thinking and how it's under attack through the psychology of marketing and our media outlets. So again, the topic is critical thinking, and this is the election special. And I have a a set of questions here. And the questions that I'm asking tonight are, first and foremost, is critical thinking extinct? You know, so are we are we thinking critically anymore at all? Like, is, is that happening? And the second question I have is, if so, why aren't we focused on the things that are most important? Like, why aren't we focused on those things? And then last but not least, you know, the election is coming up this Tuesday. And my question is, are you voting based on what you know? Or are you voting on based on what you've been told? And I want to get right into the topic because I believe that we probably can spend the entirety of the time that I have uh, before the top of the next hour really discussing this. But, but here's the deal. Our culture today seems to push against the very existence and the need or the competence for critical thinking. And the reason I want to have this conversation is because the election is upon us and, and as I've been you know, perusing my different social media feeds, as I've had conversation with friends, loved ones, and listening to them articulate, you know, their reasons or their their thoughts around the election, one of the things that I'm realizing is most of us are just basically articulating what we've heard in the news or maybe that we've seen in our social media feeds. But very few people are really talking about the facts and the things that they know. Like, here's what I know. It's like more of what I heard. or And what happens, what I notice is we take what we've heard and we make it as if we've done all the 
investigation behind it. But in essence, the critical thought behind it is not necessarily there. So tonight I want to cover what I believe are five ways to ensure that you are critically thinking. And I could care less about who you, you're voting, voting for. That's not what this show is about. What the show is about is to make sure that whomever you vote for, you're voting for for the reasons that you know and not for the reasons that you've been told. And I think this extends further, much further, and I'll talk about this later in the show, much further than the presidential election because I think most of our minds are on uh, the presidential election, a lot of theatrics that we've seen between Mr. Trump and Secretary Clinton. Not much conversation about the Libertarian candidate. Not much conversation about the Green Party candidate. Not much conversation about uh, the senators, the representatives, the clerks that are running. Not much conversation about the different questions that are on the ballot. And it's some of those things that will impact us more so, I believe, than the individual that ends up in the White House. Or what I call the house of public relations and yes that house has power but ultimately there are things i believe we should be more concerned about that are right here next to our homes and i don't necessarily believe that we've done the work to look so here's the deal in 2016 you know i believe we're so used to being told where to focus you know what to focus our attention on that many of us give thought only to the things we can immediately see or hear. We're not thinking about what are some of the other really important decisions that will be made in this election. One of the things I heard a few people say is, well, I'm not voting. I can't support in either candidate. And so because of that, I'm not voting. And the first thing I say is, well, wait a second now. There's so much more to vote for than the president. And uh, we, there's policy. There's all types of things on that ballot. But what I believe is happening is often we're just completely glazed over because all we see in the media is presidential election, presidential election. But we're exercising our right for so many things well over and beyond the presidential election. So tonight I want to get into the reason why or begin to ask the question about why don't we ask ourselves the critical questions like do I have the whole story? You know, and the 21st century's most valid information vehicle is what we call the news. And the problem with the news is that we're given only a percentage of what is really news. And it's in a lot of ways very biased. And we're told only how to think about the news that's being shared. And seldom are we left to become or to come to our own conclusions. Like we're typically the conclusion is already drawn for us. And whether the news we're delivered is good or bad, conclusive or non-conclusive. In some ways, we're kind of told what to think. 
So that's the conversation. I have a few callers coming in, and I'll, I'll be getting this to you guys in a moment here. But there's a consequence to this. And the consequence, I believe, is that once we've acquired this so-called news, which, by the way, is typically altered, and we can go to the recent admission of Fox News, you know, basically saying, hey, we've reported on a few things that are not true. Sorry. Right. Many of us believe that we've been completely informed and we haven't. And I believe one of the major reasons for that is because we no longer are critically thinking, really diving into what is happening and why. So tonight I will give five different ways or almost give a formula for how we can critically think, especially for those of us who haven't voted. Uh, as of yet. But before I get into number one, let me uh, take a few callers here. And I have William. William, you're on the air from the west side. How are you? Okay, man. How about, how about yourself? I'm well. I'm well. Good, good. Uh, good Good topic. Good program tonight, critical thinking. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's very important that we think outside the box, uh, which I call critical thinking. You know, uh, not referencing necessarily the uh, presidential election coming up. But just talking right now about where we are right here in the city of Chicago, okay. critical thinking would take me to think about the mayor, this latest uh, rampage of uh, unjustified killings and shootings of blacks here in this city, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that you can't even park your car in the city even though you live here and pay taxes in this city without getting a ticket most of the time, uh-huh. the real like camera scam that just come out and been deemed to be illegal and improper by the court. And yet for years, this stuff has gone on. You have people uh, basically, uh, you know, their cars get taken, man. They get yeah. looted, and sometimes yeah. they lose their cars. Absolutely. But yet for years and years, this has been taking place. And so critical thinking would say, well, wait a minute now. What's going on? Critical thinking would say, I'm a citizen here. I pay taxes here. Why can't I park my car without having to pay some excess tax? Mm-hmm. You know, and we are so used to, as people, uh, here lately, uh, we're so used to being told and then being uh, acting as robots to perform whatever it is that we're told. Yep. I'm going to jump, jump forward, jump above, jump a little higher real quick. Uh, I want to specify specifically in reference to who are we voting for? And why are we voting, right? So we, 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 we hear a lot of talk about this president, uh, presidential candidate, that presidential candidate, even the, the guy that's sitting in that, uh. So William, you switching on me? You switching on me? Cause hey, you know, we can get, we can get into, I, I really don't want to get into the politics of who's choosing who and why. I, I really don't. No, I'm not My, going there. No, I'm not okay, going all right, to, all no, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reference any particular candidate. Okay. And, it's, and, it's and be quick. I got, I got a few thinking. more callers, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm staying in line with critical thinking. Okay. So if you ask yourself, critical thinking will say to me is that, wait a minute. So I got to do something here because for eight years we've had this person and then we got another person been right there in the same house. And yet for the masses, I don't see that it has, has gotten any better. So critical thinking would make cause me to think outside, try to think, at least think outside that box. Uh-huh. And, and critical thinking would also attach that process to it's more than just here. It's, it's uh, critical thinking would say to me that I have to look at what this 
these policies, how they affect abroad, people abroad, countries abroad, like Libya, Afghanistan, Africa. So, you know, then we will come to find out some things, like, for instance, how the media is ran and whom the media may be controlled by. Yeah, so uh, I agree. And, and I'll add to that. I'll add to that. And thanks so much for the call. Well, you, you, you hit some excellent yeah. points. And I'll add to that, not just, you know, our policy with other countries, but the role we play in terrorism. You know, it, we, we've been told to think about these things in a particular way. But when you really begin to dive into it, you know, what responsibility do we have? And if I if I'm to look through the lens of someone else, then are they really, you know, these in, in a lot of ways will be called these radicals, these these zealots? Or are they people who are simply defending what they believe is theirs and defending, you know, the people that they love? And again, I'm not saying that, you know, what they do is right, but I think we need to understand, you know, why it's happening, how it's happening and what role we play in it. You know, you say in any relationship, you know, you could take a husband and a wife. You always say, you know, two people are responsible. But often as a country, we take no responsibility for the actions of someone else. We can say, oh, that's wrong. But we don't take a look back and say, and what did we do to cause that? You know, what role did we play to create that type of hate, that type of distrust? That is where I'm really asking us to look this evening. And here's the deal. When we hear something in the news, what I will tell you is the process of critical thinking should be just beginning. If it tweaks me a little bit, if it touches my heart, if it excites me, if it causes an emotional reaction of some sort, the process of critical thinking has just begun. I'm not taking it for what I hear. I'm saying, wow, that's big news. I need to know more about that. And the process has just begun. So what, what I want to do before I take the next caller is actually share the first the first element of what I believe will help you all form a formula. Those of us who aren't really good at critically thinking, you can write these down as the formula to help you begin kind of tapping into these different subjects and critically thinking about them. And the first one is you have to ask a question. You have to ask the question of, is this true or is this false? I don't care where you heard it. Is this true or is it false? Am I being lied to? And here's the thing. You know, look at the history. Look at the history of our country. Look at the history of other countries. Look at the history of the world. And one of the things that we will find is that empires have always lied to their people. And the reason the empires can continue to lie is because the people do not ask questions. Is this true or is this false? A few days ago, I came across an article online and it was saying that Jay-Z and Beyonce split up again. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> we still going there? I mean, we still doing that? Really? Like, does this still work? Does that still get clicks on a website? Yeah, absolutely. Because people will not ask, is this true or is it false? Another great example is an article that came out not too long ago that the title read, I was paid $3,500 to protest Trump's rally. 
And even the presidential, the Republican presidential nominee, Trump himself, got duped and immediately tweeted the story only to find out later that it was not true. And here's the thing. I know that. I just told you that. But how many people out here heard that, saw that, and immediately saw it and said, wow, look what happened. Wow, look what's going on. Because we don't ask the first question that any critical thinker will ask around, is it true or is it false? And critical thinking will automatically begin, a critical thinker will automatically begin asking questions. That's what a critical thinker will do about all the information they receive. Any information I receive, I'm always asking questions. Really? Why? Where'd you find that? Where else can I get it? Let me do some more research. Where did you read it? I just asked lots of questions. And everything we see or hear isn't always true. And we know that. So I'm going to tell you something. Before wasting your time following the remaining ways uh, to, to practice critical thinking, it's probably best. That's why I started with this one as number one. If you're always asking if something is both accurate and true. Let me tell you something. Happiness is to basically know the facts versus just hearing something and reading something and saying it's true. You know, wisdom is when you know the truth before you share. And I'll tell you, in this world of social media, it's getting harder and harder to navigate this kind of stuff, folks. And so we have to begin asking the questions, is it true or is it false? All right, I got Eddie from Crestwood. Eddie, you on the air. How are you? Hello, how you doing, young man? I'm well. I think 95% of the people in this world don't critical think. When you get up in the morning and go to church, do you critical think when it comes to the Bible? Because if you did, you probably wouldn't go to church. And, and why do you say that? Because most things that you read in the Bible, you can't prove. Because you just saying, should you prove it? It's, it's not by sight, it's by faith. Can you prove everything you read in the Bible? So, I know you go to church, don't you? You're a Christian person. Yeah, I do. And, and some of it you can prove. Oh, you can prove some of it? Yeah, some of it you can prove. There's proof around elements of it. And, and I'll, I'll agree with you that some of it you cannot prove. And same way, just like you listen to you to mention Fox, you see all the way to like Bill O'Reilly from Harvard. Mm-hmm. I've got all kind of degree. Do you think he critical think? Well, I'm, let me tell you something. These these journals. Oh, just be fair. You know that many no people though that don't use their mind. No, ninety five percent of the people in nowhere in the world critical think. Oh yeah, no, no I, I agree with the that. Would be like it is today. I one hundred percent agree with that. You got five percent of the people that do the thinking for the whole world, and that's why the world in the condition we're in today, sir. And so what would you say is the solution to that? Like, how, how do we increase that percentage? But I think a human being designed not to critical think. If he did, we wouldn't be in the condition we're in today. And now, now, on that, I have to, I'll have to disagree. Because I, I don't necessarily think that human beings are designed not to critically think. I believe that we've been so entertained. I believe that social media, the news, television. Before television and news came in, people were doing foolish things, my friend. Oh, but they were they were doing more thinking than we're doing now. Making you, slaves out of people. You, you had to, people, you had to to, to survive. All that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, but let, let me let me tell you something. That was systematic. That was systematic, and it took thought. And in order to enslave a people, in order to to basically rip the dignity and pride from a people, 
That takes thought. In, in order for us to get that dignity and pride back, it takes thought and sometimes greater thought, deeper thought, so you can reestablish and regain what was taken from you. Well, you got a good point there. You got a good point. You got a good point. You got a good point. But I just think the world is so confused, I can't see how, how you're going to ever get to that point. Well, well, you got to trust. You got to believe, and that's part of what the show is about. And that's one of the reasons I'm providing, you know, at least five tips to help us. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know, critically think. But anyway, have a, I'm enjoying your show, and keep the good work up, young man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Have a good one. Thank you for the call. All right. So with that, I'm going to go to number two. You know, so number one was, you know, ask questions. Is this true or is this false? Number two is get into the detail. And let me tell you something. And, and this is a hard one, right? Because we're moving so fast. And one of the things about our culture, especially here in the United States, when I travel around the world, one of the things I notice is they don't do busy like we do busy. There is something about this culture and what we call this democracy that keeps us so busy that we cannot be concerned with what's happening civically. Think about that. I mean, here it is. Part of the reason this country was founded is because the citizens at that time or the people or the 13 colonies were so involved civically that they said they would not stand for what's happening right now. Now, my first caller said, hey, there are things happening right now that, you know, we should not stand for. You know, we pay taxes. We should not stand for, you know, getting these tickets and and red light cameras and uh, parking fees for taxes that we pay. You know, property taxes that we pay, sales taxes that we pay to actually coexist in this city. Now, I would say that's a great critical thought. So why don't we fight back? I'll tell you why we don't fight back, because we're too busy to get into the details. There's something about this culture, something about what has been created here that keeps us moving so fast, that keeps us caught up in this context of time and not ever having enough time that the things that really matter, we let them just float right by. And we never get into the details. And many of us are so busy, we forget to get into the weeds and examine the information we receive. And so we receive this information, and we believe the information. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of data out here. And one of the things... I learned from almost two decades of analyzing and compiling data is that data can be manipulated. Data can be manipulated to tell the story that the storyteller wants to weave. And so just because somebody throws a number at you doesn't mean that it's necessarily the way they say it is. We have to dive into the details. That's number two. And I'm going to tell you, everything is not the way it seems to be. Don't believe me? Then I tell you what, I'm going to give you a recommendation that I hardly ever do, and I'm going to tell you to go ahead and, and watch an episode of Law and Order or CSI. And then you'll begin to see a narrative of how things can look one way and they're actually another way. And so, hey, just because somebody throws a number or a stat at you, that doesn't mean it is what it is. We have to critically think. Number one, Ask yourself, is this true or false? Number two, dive into the details. All right, one more caller, and then I'm going to go to number three on the five ways to critically think. I got James. James, how are you? 
great, brother. I enjoy your show. Real quick, brother, uh, I just want to say people do fight back, and uh, you know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but, yeah, but people are fighting a system, not a person. And a system is many parts working together, and that's why it's so hard to fight. Now, you are right. The news is a relentless propaganda machine. Absolutely. With no ending in sight. Now, brother, I respect your opinion. This is what I really called to ask you. I was just uh, checking out about three or four days ago. The astronauts just came back from the space station from about three or four different countries. And I got to doing a little critical thinking myself. And I'm saying to myself, mm -hmm. here these people up there in space stations doing all kind of crap. We don't know what they're doing. Uh -huh. And down on this planet, we are catching pure H-E-L, black people being shot down, assassinated, women and children, and they are up in space. Have you ever given that in the thought? There's something wrong here. I mean, this is mind-boggling. Well, it, What's it's, wrong here? It's a lack of concern. It, it, it's, it, so you said it, Brother James, and I, I'll tell you, man, I, I agree with everything that you said. It's a system. And one of the things that I, that I think we all know is that the system is designed to stay in place and that the system was designed by the elite. And the elite are the wealthy, and so the wealthy do what they're concerned with. And one of the things they do, it's, it's no different than ancient Rome. If you go back and look at ancient Rome, they had coliseums to entertain the people while they went off and fought more wars. Yeah, so and, true, so true. And, and some of and the people right there in the capital, some of them didn't have food. Some of them couldn't eat. But but Rome had a, a well-armed army. They had enough money to finance to finance their their wars and to extend their borders because the elite cared about taking over more so they can get more, right? They didn't care about the people. What they needed is to entertain the people so they can continue to get the people's vote. And the people will keep them in office so they can stay rich. That's, in my opinion, brother, that's what it comes down to. And that's why we see on television the rocket going up into space because we go, wow. So, I, brother, we got the same thing going on mm -hmm. today. Oh, yeah. Though Caesar is not here. Abs absolutely. Brother, I, I just want no you different. to know uh, that that really hurts me so bad. And they talk about these astronauts and pictures of space and Earth. And we are being women and cheering black just being shot down. I just want to share that with you. It, it no. really hurts me bad. I agree, too. I Thank agree. you, brother. You're welcome. You're welcome. Great call. Appreciate it. All right. That was a great call. I mean, hey, <laughs> he uh, somebody saying, check out the documentary One Race Slave. Tell me more about that. I want to know more about that. That's on Periscope. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember that what is a magician? A magician is an illusionist. A magician doesn't know magic. There's, you know, they don't have uh, some mysterious dark power with which they use to disappear and reappear and, and change clothes and, and bring doves out of their hats and, 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 and car tricks, etc. It's an illusion. And how they make the illusion is through the eye. Right? The eye can't catch everything. And so one of the things that marketers and politicians and et cetera have figured out that if I can keep your eyes busy, 
then you won't see what I'm doing over here. If I keep your eyes busy right here, you won't see what I'm doing over here. And that's what it really comes down to. It's an illusion. So we can watch television as they go off into space and it makes us forget for a moment about our current plight. And it makes it seem like everything's all right when it's really not. And so one of the things I tell you is to continue to watch the illusions. And the only way you can see that it's an illusion is if you dig and you dig deep and you ask yourself, is this true or false? What are the details? And then number three is then when you find the details, you proficiently mine and analyze the data. Thanks for that. So. Let's talk about number three, and then I'm going to take another caller. I see you guys on the, uh, see the, the calls are, uh, are stacking up here. Number three, proficiently mines and analyzes data. So often when critically thinking, you'll find that information, the, the information you're compiling may have gaps that prevent you from weaving a complete story. So this will create the need for research. And this is how I've gotten all the way back to ancient Rome, right? What's going on right now? Hey, if you want to know what's going on right now, history is the best predictor of the future. It's a cycle, man. You know, I was talking to uh, uh, one gentleman. He reached out to me. He was asking about Black Lives Matter. He's, he's, a, he's a white man. He was asking me about Black Lives Matter and what I thought about that, what the implication was on the country. And I told him, I said, well, look at history. Let's examine history. And If we examine history, we can see that America is following the same exact pattern as Rome. He disengaged. He didn't want to hear it. Part of the reason he didn't want to hear it is because we don't like the truth. And to think that this country could fall, you know, we don't want to even begin to think about that. But if you look at history, we're lining up exactly the same way ancient Rome did in the Roman Empire. So anyway, back to proficiently mining data. Here's the wonderful thing about living in the 21st century. The wonderful thing about this is that Google has become the ultimate research tool. You have so much at your disposal. And the horrible thing about the 21st century is that you'll get more information from a one-word search than you'll ever want to see. So here's the thing. You have to learn how to proficiently mine data and information. Because it is a necessary skill of any critical thinker that wants to fill in the gaps of their research quickly, period. Okay, that's number three. I'm going to take another caller here. So I got, uh, I think, Lauren. Lauren, how are you? Uh, Well, thank you very much for taking my uh, call. I mean, you pack a lot of information into a very short space of time, okay? A lot to deal with. Don't know if it's off topic, but, I mean, two things would want to address, of course, your I'm talking about critical thinking, but something maybe that could touch on what your previous caller, James, talked about, which uh, I'd like to talk about, um, a new concept of black unity. You know, I don't know if that's something that would be relevant to uh, this conversation, but, uh, you know, one of the things that... You know, put it in the the context of critical thinking, because I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, and I think it's something that we need to think about. Should I start with the critical thinking part? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do that. All right. Okay, well, first of all, what's fascinating about your show is that if it's an interesting discussion, there's, like, stuff you agree with and don't agree with. You know, if it was, like, everything you said I disagree with, it would mean that there weren't enough layers to it. So let's get with this stuff that we, like, agree with. 
Okay. okay. All right. Stuff a lot of things at your disposal. I'm amazed that people, when I watch the news, I basically have my phone and the browser open. I like you know that. What I, mean? I like that. I mean, it's a, but it's a, that's it almost seems like that's a no brainer, <laughs> you know. So, in some ways, if you take that approach, I don't have to go in. You could say castigating against, you know, what people ought to do and don't do and should do. I mean, it's just like you said, it's it's there and it's so easy. I mean, you know, DVRs that was a nemesis for me because it takes me you know, an hour and a half to watch a, a half an hour news broadcast. <laughs> I right? hit it. I hit it. I could, yeah, same here. You know, so, I mean, it, it's easy. Now, how does this connect to, you know, the, the thing what we say about, you could say, black unity? I mean, well, how would you say it? One of the, one of the concepts I think we have of, you could say, unity is this idea of us all being together in one tent. And once again, I think that gets to your thing of, how do you say, not thinking kind of what you want to think or not thinking beyond what you have been programmed to think. Uh-huh. Right? Right. Okay. And, you know, what, what I, you're a person who travels a lot. Okay. I, I lived overseas for 20 years. Okay. Okay. And, and one thing I would really want to, you know, offer to folks, if you're talking about like quote, critical thinking, one thing to do is to really kind of look at, you could say, the black experience for what it kind of is and what it isn't. I mean, we spend so much time criticizing each other and, you know, examining. Put it this way. I've come to the point where, like I say, that being black in America, one of the central dilemmas, I think, of being black in America is this idea that you are always evaluating your life based upon what it is not. Ah, that's that. what we have been programmed to do, right? That's our context. That that is the context of basically, am I enough? And it, it, it is. It has been something that has been planted inside of us, and we all deal with. And and, and and what and what is and what then becomes even more difficult to deal with is if you then you could say devote yourself to quote mm-hmm. doing something about it you know, either on a personal level or, you know, in your community, it starts to frame everything about you, right? And, and tell me a little it, bit more it about that. It starts to almost like literally become the, the way that as you drive through your community and see, you know, the abandoned storefronts and, you know, whatever kind of loads, you know, and then you hear the new, I mean, it just, it all you do is evaluate yourself, yep. everyone around you, Absolutely. your community, based on what it's, what it's not. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it comes in the context of having to fix it. Right. And I have to fix myself or I have to fix my community. And so those of us who have somehow become aware of the context, then move to the next context that there's something wrong. And again, that's a, that's a context. It's a context. Thanks so much, brother. I appreciate the phone Thank call. Thank you man. so much. All Thank right. you. OK. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, great phone call. I like, I like where he was going with the, uh, you know, the context that I'm not enough. That's something that we picked up from our time in slavery, right? And it's been passed down through the ancestors. And until we become aware of it, we don't know how to solve for it. You know, we, we have to tell, we have to tell our young children, our young boys, our young girls that, Hey, guess what? You, you may lose your life in the street. Because they don't value it. That's another way of saying you're not enough. That's why the Black Lives Matter movement is so important. And you can sit up and say, 
you know, well, it's not just black lives, but it is black lives and black people that deal with that context. And that's why the movement matters. Um, great call. Thanks for that, Lauren. All right. So number four, number four in the formula for critical thinking. And again, we have five is ask questions, ask questions. So number one, is this true or false? That was number one. Number two, get into the details. Stop being so busy. This matters. It impacts your life. It impacts the life of your children. It impacts the life of your grandchildren. Hey, some of the stuff on the ballot, some of the stuff on the ballot on this year's election that has nothing to do with the president, nothing to do with the president, has everything to do with what will happen for us in the future. You know, should Illinois enact the Earned Sick Time for Employee Act? I'm not going to go into all that, but that's one of the things on the ballot. Shall all levels of government include federal, state, county, and municipal districts ceasing purchasing securities in fossil in the fossil fuel industry? Basically saying, should we invest in fossil fuels? If you're saying, well, I'm not going to vote, then guess what? You don't have a say-so in that. So, again, we got to critically think about these things. we got to stay on top of these things. That's just two of the questions on the ballot. All right? All right, number three, proficiently mines and analyzes data. Number four, ask questions. So let me dive into this a little bit. Because there's something about our culture today that makes us feel funny when we ask questions. It makes us feel, you know, like I'm, I'm dumb if I ask a question. You know, what is it about today's culture that makes us so afraid to ask a basic question? It's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. Hey, you ask me something I don't know, and I'm going to say, I don't know. Tell me, because that's how I find out. And somehow, you know, we have a culture that demonizes the questioner. And this is probably one of the fundamental problems I have with institutions, whether it's corporate, whether it's religious, whatever it is. Not all institutions, but only the institutions that frown on the question. I believe that if you're a part of an institution that you get demonized for asking a question, you need to ask yourself why you're a part of that. Because there is nothing more important than why. Why this? Why that? And if they can't articulate why, you need to run. Period. You need to run. So ask questions. Asking questions is a part of critical thinking. I think it's Robert Greene. He talks about in the uh, in his book around the the art of seduction, he says one of the way you can seduce someone is to demonize them for asking a question, make them feel filthy for asking a question, and then sever them from their associations. That's how you seduce them. I'm just giving you guys information tonight, you know, stuff that we need to know and stuff that we need to critically think. So let me take another caller, and then I'm going to go to number five. And in the show, number five, you definitely want to hear. Okay. So I got Leroy. Leroy, you, Leroy, you're back. How are you, man? Can we hear you now? Yeah, I got you, man. Uh, how you doing, uh, young fella? Uh, I'm well. Uh, you might remember me, Leroy Bridges. I've been knowing you. Oh, yeah. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> how you <doing? laughs> I'm man, good. I listen to you. I've listened to your show 
so many times, but I've never called them. Man, I'm very thank, proud thanks for calling in. It's good to hear from you, man. It's real good to hear it's, from you. It's good to hear from you, too. And this topic that you was on today, it kind of made me want to call in because I'm looking at this election situation, and I'm looking at how one presidential candidate is – imploring the uh, reputation of uh, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce and all this. And we as black people, man, I just feel like we need to use critical thinking when it comes down to giving our votes to these candidates. We, we, we let them use our reputation and we let them use our, all the things we've built up and we endorse them without a contract and we get nothing from it and then we don't hear from them again. What do you think about that? I, I 100% completely agree. I also think that we, we got to get to a point where we look beyond the mirage and the illusion that I was talking about earlier. You know, exactly. what is the illusion? You know, I, I'll tell you, uh, we got, we have a good indicator of both candidates and in both cases, you know, it, it don't look that good. It, you got that right. it, it, it don't look that good. So so here's the thing. So you can say, okay, well, we need to vote for the lesser of the two evils, but that don't stop it from being evil. So now what? Now what? Once we put one of these people in office, what are we going to do? Are we gonna get are we gonna get busy again? Are we gonna get entertained again? Are we gonna are we gonna catch ourselves basically only reacting to when something dramatic happens? Another young man gets shot. Then we want to protest, and then, you know, a week later, two weeks later, we're back to the same old thing. I mean, where, where, where's all the outrage for Alton Sterling? Where's all the outrage for Philando Castile? It's gone. We, we've gone right back to our normal way of thinking, our normal way of being, our normal way of living. That's exactly right, man. And I'm so glad that you are bringing out these points and letting, so people can see that it, it, it's time out for just, not analyze the situation and blindly following people. Think about where, where, where you need to be and where you need to go before, you know, before you make a decision. Absolutely. And, 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 and one of the things we have to do, too, is we got to get so clear on why this matters to us. I believe that we're not really clear on why it matters to, to us. And that's one of the reasons I'm having the conversation about critical thinking. So why does it matter to me? Because once I get clear on why it matters to me, then... That motivates me to push past, you know, the the comfort of my couch. Uh, it motivates me to push past the immediacy of Netflix and say, all right, well, what am I going to do about this? Like, what actions will I take that, you know, are in my lane, right, that will help, that, that will help? This here is in my lane. This is what I do, right? But for someone else, it's something else. And if we're all doing what we do, we will see change. That's what you I mean. know. You know, I want to share something with you real quick before you go. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a person that's very close to me uh, just just about an hour ago about if you had money and money was no issue, what is the first place that you what is the first place on the earth that you would like to visit? And my first response without hesitation was Africa. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so as we got into it, the person began to wonder why. I said because that's where I derived from. So I want to go back to my roots and then rediscover and find out my origin. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I tell you what, anybody that frowns on Africa, you have them look up Eco Atlantic. It's E-K-O Atlantic. And so they can see what Nigeria is, Nigeria is doing on their ocean front. Because they frown, but when you see that, it's going to make you want to go. And you don't see that in the news. 
you you don't yeah, hear about exactly. that. So look at exactly. that. Look I will, brother. All right, man. Have a good nice talk with you, man. And same here. Same here. So good to hear from you. You too. Be well. All right. You too. All right. Another great call. So here, you know, number five, the top five ways to critically think. Again, if you're just joining us, number one was, hey, stop, ask, is this true or false? Number two, get into the details. Number three, got to mine and analyze your data. Number four, ask questions. Don't let people make you feel bad about it. And number five is stop to reflect. Hey, man, you can't be too busy to slow down and reflect. And some of us are so busy that we can't even critically think. And reflection is a key attribute of anyone that values self-correction. So if I can't correct myself, how am I going to correct someone else? And I'll tell you, it would be impossible for me to count the number of times that I found errors in my work. I found shortcomings in my behavior by just stopping and reflecting. But some of we're so busy, we're so caught up, and then some of us are so focused on other people that we don't do the self-reflection that we need to make it or to even think about what's next. That's a huge part of critical thinking. There's a lot of noise in this modern atmosphere, especially around this upcoming election, and it behooves us to do a better job adjusting our dials and determining whether the information we receive requires a bit more work to sort out the static and the feedback And it's up to us to ensure we are tuned in loud and clear by critically thinking. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.